You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to talk about flexibility versus mobility. I had mentioned this in an episode last week or the week before, and Jessica on Instagram reached out to me, and I, uh, she said, I'm really looking forward to that. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I mentioned that I would talk about that in the future at some point. But she pushed it home and said, basically, I need to talk about it now. So here we go. Let's talk about the difference between flexibility and mobility. But first, let me tell you a story. Back in the day when I was in school for massage therapy, we would practice uh, as part of our program a type of massage called shiatsu. And we would treat people in shiatsu on the floor so it would not be on a table like a typical massage that you may think about. So the teacher would often, and by often I mean always, have us go into a kneeling position called the seiza position. The seiza position is also known as your butt to your heels position. Well, the problem here is that after several surgeries on my right knee, uh, and when I was just in high school and right out of high school, I could no longer sit back on my right heel. So I've had two surgeries on my right knee. Uh, the teacher thought I just needed to practice more. I just needed to practice and I would be able to get all the way down into that position. Well, that was not true. That I did not have the mobility and just kind of squeezing my body weight and trying to get my butt down to touch my heels while in a kneeling position, uh, it wasn't cutting it. Now, if you were to try to check range of motion and passively move me through it, then be able to my my heel would be able to touch my backside because it wasn't an issue with my quadriceps. It wasn't because I was too tight in my muscles that kept me from going from that range of motion. There was something else within that joint that was limiting my mobility, and it was not the flexibility of the soft tissue around that joint. Huh? Huh? 12 years later, which is currently, I still cannot go into this position in my Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes. We do our cool down. We sit into the seiza position, and I don't. I can sit down on one heel and my butt's popped up on the other side and I, I can't do it. But we talked about it a little bit. It's not because I don't have the flexibility. It's because I don't have the mobility. What's the difference? According to the NASM Stretching and Flexibility Coach course, which is an excellent course. I've gone through the entire course and I thought it was quite good. Mobility, quote, mobility should be used to describe joint motion. So mobility is what's going on within the joint. Flexibility speaks more towards the extensibility of the soft tissue, the myofascia. So these are going to go hand in hand anyway, but they are not the same thing. If I have arthritis in my knee and I have the range of motion, the flexibility within my quadricep to go into that butt to heel position, but I don't have the mobility within the joint to go into that butt to heel position, then foam rolling the quads and continually stretching the quads isn't what's going to get me there. 
What else? Think about the thoracic spine. A lot of times, the muscles can limit range of motion. However, sometimes the joints are limited by other factors. The facet joint, the facet joints, the facet joints may be limited in their ability to move based on their capsules. And it might just be a, just a mild limitation within that capsule, but you've got dozens of these facet joints that might limit the range of motion. So every time these facet joints that are trying to slide flat surface across flat surface, and it's slightly limited, and you've got an upper facet joint and a lower facet joint on the right side of the vertebrae and on the left side of the vertebrae, you have another upper and lower one. So each one has four. And then the facet joints that connect to the ribs as well. There might be some joint capsules that are limiting range of motion. So here's one of the things you might do. Um, you can go into active range of motion. So it's a lying on your side, uh, the slight side lying position, I hand behind the head, I call them open books, right? So just opening up and actively rotating the thoracic spine. So that's active. That means through this active process, maybe we can loosen up some of the muscles and get them to go into a greater range of motion. However, when passive overpressure is involved, so let's say that I'm helping somebody and I might give a little overpressure or I might have them twist and do a push up against the wall. So they're facing um, 90 degrees from the wall. So they're not facing the wall. They're turned so that, let's say we're going to do this. My right shoulder is facing the wall and my torso is facing in line parallel with the wall if I were to walk forward. And then I just turn against the wall and I do a push-up. Well, that's going to create a pretty significant passive rotation in my thoracic spine, especially if I try to keep my hip squared straight ahead. Now, after I do that, this kind of overpressure, I don't think it necessarily was like, hey, let me increase the range of motion at the mu muscles, but it did move my joints through a greater range of motion. Now, if I go back down and practice my open books, I can get more active range of motion. So you'll see that these, uh, these go hand in hand, the ability to, for you to have flexibility and the ability to have mobility. You see people putting power bands around their hips, maybe in a kneeling position, and they do these kind of side to side, medial to lateral mobilizations. They might do uh, an anterior to posterior mobilization with these bands around their hips. Well, the muscles are flexible at the hips, maybe, but perhaps there was a pinching at the joint. So you have perhaps the flexibility, but not the mobility. At the shoulder, it can be the same thing. You can have people and they would get pinching at their shoulders and you look at them and you say, my gosh, you have just such tight lats and really tight pecs and your pec minor and your levator scapula and... The, these muscles that do upward rotation, the rhomboids at the scapula, they're, they're tight and they're kind of want to be stuck in downward rotation instead of letting you go into upward rotation, taking the arm overhead, you're limited in the amount of flexion or abduction at the shoulder. And that maybe there's a pinching there and you address the flexibility concerns and the mobility at that joint starts to go into a better movement pattern, a better arthrokinematic pattern. Remember, rolling, spinning, and gliding.
So you might have somebody that has incredible flexibility. Let's say, for instance, um, and there's strength issues as well, right? So you can take somebody in an overhead squat and they put their arms overhead and it doesn't quite go overhead. And you say, oh, okay, uh, we're not quite there yet. You're not overhead. And I can look through and I say, oh, you must be really tight, your pecs and your lats. But I have them lie down. I have them bend their knees so their feet are flat on the floor. And then I have them do a posterior tilt. So after they do a posterior tilt, I'll just have them lie down and see if they can straighten their arms out over their head. And sometimes people just flop, the arms flop right overhead. Range of motion isn't a problem. But in an overhead squat, they couldn't get their arms over their head. So maybe now strength is a problem with their mobility, not just flexibility. It's not a flexibility problem for them. It is a strength. It's the inability to move a range of motion that can go through passively, but you can't go through it actively. So what do we do? Well, I don't need to be going through joint mobilizations for somebody. That's not the issue. That's not what's wrong with them. What's wrong is that in this instance, there's not enough strength for that range of motion at a joint. Sometimes there's plenty of range of motion uh, and inflexibility. Soft tissue range of motion is fine, but they get a bit pinchy in the joint. Then that could be a capsule issue. That might be a mobility issue. And it's not up to us as personal trainers. We don't really do mobility uh, stuff on our clients, but we can teach mobility things with bands to help kind of move uh, the joint a little bit into generally what we see is that people are anterior, so that's forward, anterior and superiorly glided at the glenohumeral joint. So we might do sometimes a little depression. That's why you would see people um, where they would maybe hold a light weight, bend forward, and just kind of swing the weight in circles a little bit, almost like you're trying to reach away with that weight. And that can help do an inferior caudal glide. And then posterior, where you take a band, you can put it around the shoulder and just simply move the shoulder joint uh, into flexion and extension while the band is posteriorly pulling uh, at the top of the shoulder, so right at where the shoulder meets. Flexibility, mobility. These are some things that, that I think it's good for us to understand, and I hope that you found this really helpful. Flexibility, soft tissue extensibility around the joint, and mobility is more about the joint movement itself, and that is why when you listen to people talk about flexibility and mobility, you can get confused because sometimes people talking about it don't know what they're talking about. So make sure that you have an understanding of what it is, that you can hold other people accountable and say, well, is that a mobility problem? Is it a flexibility problem? Is it a stability problem? Is it a strength problem? Because all of those things have to do with mobility. The ability to produce, reduce, and dynamically stabilize in multiple speeds, uh, various speeds in multiple planes around a joint. And we want to address that and acknowledge that. Now, with that said, if you've got questions for me, I've going to ask you, reach out to me and uh, let me know. You can reach out to me on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me at rick.ritchie at nasm.com.
org. Uh, also, like, subscribe, share with other fitness professionals, and leave some comments if you find this helpful. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.